Hey, all right, and welcome to another edition of the Houdat Jedi podcast um, from all parts unknown tonight. Uh, so I am Aaron sitting in my Star Wars room in Gentilly, and we've got Dave who is sitting in his, uh, what room are you in? Are you in the living room or are you in I'm your in bedroom? My bedroom. All right. I'm just assuming you have pants on because all we see is a shirt, but that's all right. <laughs> well, you know, is, is, is uh, your dog Lucy with you tonight? Uh, not tonight, no. So, uh, sadly. She didn't want to be a part of it. All right. And uh, from Metairie, we have Alfredo. Hello. And I'm also in my bedroom and no dog either. All right. Pants? Yes. All right. They, they exist. <laughs> and uh, we actually have a very special guest tonight. And uh, um, joining us from Houston is Holly Griffith. And if you want to say hello to everybody, Holly. Hello, everybody. Thanks for having me on the show. And um, Holly, yeah, it's great to have you here. Holly is an engineer with NASA, so she's automatically the smartest person on this podcast. <laughs> um, she is a Louisiana expat. Um, you continue to visit New Orleans regularly, though. Um, Absolutely. Huge Star Wars fan. If you could see this video of her, she's got probably as much Star Wars stuff behind her as I do. Um, majority of it is Princess Leia. I'm sure we'll hear more about that later. Um, she's a member of the Lagerettes. If you listen to our podcast with the uh, Chewbacca crew um, uh, a few months ago, God, it seems like eons ago, um, but we, we talked about the Lagerettes. And you're also uh, very nearly in the documentary Looking for Leia that Dave mentioned <laughs> in an earlier podcast. Um, there was, uh, and you've given multiple talks at various cons, including Star Wars Celebration. Um, we'll have you hit on all of that after a bit, but man, guys, we like swung for the bleachers on this one. And the funny thing was is that you actually kind of reached out to us, as I remember I, the way. I, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry, I yeah. did. I, you know, if, if um, I saw that this podcast existed and I was like, New Orleans and Star Wars, it's like my two favorite things. So I think, like, I, I, think I we just all, wanted to talk to you. We all got we all got hit on Twitter by uh, a friend of ours, Julie, and she's like, hey, uh, uh -huh. yeah, you guys have this podcast and I've got a friend. And so and we're like, yeah, yeah Julie's this great. awesome. Yep. So, uh, so, like I said, we uh, so I guess we'll go around the horn. And uh, how's everybody hanging this week? Um, what are we doing to keep ourselves busy? I mean, besides work. Yeah, how's how is work going at the, uh, the hospital there, Fredo? Uh, all right. I mean, we're not going to the hospital right now because unless you have a primary need, right now they don't want you near the hospital. So we're learning how to do everything online, like everybody else. Uh, which is a fun experience when you have to, to coach people, you know, halfway up the state or far away from you and how to download apps and sign up for stuff. So, you know, it's fun, but that's work. That's work in the meantime. And then uh, just been trying to stay sane. I picked up the Rise of Skywalker Blu-ray uh, the other day. So finally got a chance to kind of sort of sit down and watch it again and enjoy it at home. Did you did you watch the uh, documentary that it was with it? Haven't had a chance yet. That that was my plan for uh, the weekend. Oh, okay, all right. Well, wow, there's the German Shepherd. All right, Lucy. Oh Lucy, yeah, Lucy's good to go. All right. So I guess with that cue, Dave, what are you what are you doing <laughs> to keep yourself going? You guys right. had a parade outside of your house. Right. 
Only parade going on in New Orleans. Yeah, just about. There aren't there. You know, parades are frowned upon, but um, no, a parade it was, of what about five? Yeah, I, I mean, it was like ten people, um, and it's um, it's a local group of moms here in New Orleans who are trying to um, basically give people a sense of normalcy, um, or at least try to make the best of, the, uh, of our circumstances, and so. My wife had uh, expressed, I think, on Twitter or social media that um, our five-year-old's birthday party had been canceled. Um, and so they were like, we want to come and cheer her up. Uh, and so they paraded by the house, and one of them was in a big T-Rex outfit, and uh, the local news covered it and everything. So it was a lot of fun. She got to feel special. So, uh, Holly, you're uh, also working from home you said and everything like that so what are you doing to keep yourself uh sane and everything um yeah at work um really work um yeah so nasa we've been teleworking for a few weeks now um it was it's kind of great it, it's a great place to work because of course they're like you know they go straight into that crisis mode but just Oh, there's there's a failure. There's a problem. Okay, we need contingency plans, and we need redundancy, and we need. So before all this started, we actually had a um, telework test day, where everyone they encouraged everyone to work from home, even though the order hadn't gone through yet, and just to test the systems. And then about a week later, we had another test day, just to stress like everyone log on, use the VPN, just stress everything. And, uh, and I, they were trying to break things. And, <laughs> yeah, right. Do it, do it. And so, um, and so whenever they, they finally gave the order, you know, okay, we're, they had different stages, stage one, stage two, stage three is like mandatory telework. I think. Um, so once we got to stage three, um, they were like, okay, we're, we're good. So. I would have to imagine that you guys are probably a lot, you probably get into the problem solving mode more mm -hmm. so than most industries. I mean, you know, whereas a yeah. lot of people are panicking and scrambling, I think it's just right. in your nature, just say, all right, we got it. Ever since that pesky Apollo 13 thing, you know, you kind of. <laughs> yeah, there, yeah. Uh, that was one of them. You've heard of that. <laughs> they exist in an industry where the there doesn't exist, you know, they're, they're devising what they're doing as they go along. Yeah. They're having to invent it because it doesn't exist. So. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's, um, which Apollo, the 50th anniversary of Apollo 13 is this month, by the way. So, wow. Wow. Yeah. So I'll put that out there. It's, but, um, yeah, just to stay sane, I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to not to watch too much news anymore. Cause it's just depressing. Yeah, I'm, I'm that way too. I've actually uh, started, <laughs> kicked on my Xbox for the first time in a while, nice. and I'm probably playing the most lame game that you can. It's just Tiger Woods golf. So I get, I get done with it's work quiet. and I, I just golf, you know. And uh, um, actually started running again. I haven't been mm -hmm. running for a while because um, I actually sprained my ankle. You oh, guys didn't nice. know that, but yeah. Uh, but um, started running, so that's kind of nice after work. But uh, Otherwise, no, it, it's so far so good. Keep knocking on wood. Um, but uh, how about uh, Saints news? Since this is the Who Dat Jedi podcast, what we signed PJ Williams today, right? Um, and Sean Payton is going to infect the entire world by having their draft at a bar. Did you, did you hear this today? 
Yes. Hmm. USA Today has this article, it's an opinion piece, and how the Saints are being so irresponsible by having their draft night at a bar that's going to infect all of New Orleans that's already behind the eight ball and blah, 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 blah. And Sean Payton actually tweeted back at this person and said, you got about only 8% of your, your facts correct. And uh, I mean, it's the, the bar, and I'm on a podcast, I'm using air quotes, but yeah. the bar that they were talking about was, is it 68,000 square feet? 68,000 yes. square feet Dixie Brewing um, oh, facility. Okay. Which and, is located in the east, is located yeah. at the end of an industrial road. You, you can only be driving up there if you're going to that. Well, that was the best. That was the best thing was that um, you know she, in the article she's like that people you know Saints fans will just be wandering by and wanting to. It's like ain't nobody wandering by the it Dixie is. Brewing you know out there. It's just that ain't gonna happen. So, um, but that has been one of the most enjoyable things about this quarantine is that Sean Payton I think has rediscovered Twitter. <laughs> it's worry about your meats. Yeah, well, he actually um, he tweeted at his daughter because his daughter said, like, happy birthday, Will, something like that. I don't know, I love you, something like this. And Sean Payton then said, yeah, happy birthday, Will. Megan, who's Will? You know, <laughs> so, Sean Payton's Twitter feed right now, you just have you just have to watch it because he's he's bored, I think. And um, yeah, so it's it's just good um, that. And it's also fun watching just Nola Twitter. Anytime anybody tries to come after New Orleans for anything, it's like we have our problems with our mayor and our governor and stuff like that. But if somebody from outside the city or state try to come after him, it's like all holy McClunky comes down on him. You know, it's just because everybody's just bored and sitting there on Twitter. So, yeah, don't come at us. But it's anyway. a little crazy. It's a little intense. I, I'd say, like, too, the, the thing about this article that was so disappointing is that she had a point, and she she screwed it all up by getting all the details wrong. And, like, oh, you know, you're wandering down Bourbon Street going to this place. No, 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 no. But, um, but the point that Saints fans would want to go check it out is actually a good point. Um, there are a lot of Saints fans in this city that would probably be like, ah, let's go wander by and see. Um, but yeah, she she screwed that whole thing up. Um, another, thing, another thing just on Twitter that just was kind of funny. This was, um, I think, a week ago. And there was an article. And Dave, I think the first one I saw was, was Kate. She had replied to this. It was a, it was a New York Times tech um section and their article was we the title was like, like we love your your kids and your dog but we don't want to see them on meetings proper zoom etiquette for for telemeetings and it was like everybody attacked this article <laughs> it wasn't just i mean it just wasn't new orleans but everybody's attacked this article it's like you know what no you're gonna see my dogs you're gonna see my star wars collection you're gonna see all these things and like within 30 minutes, that article was down. They took it down. So I think they just got attacked. So yeah, it's like nowadays, be careful what you put on Twitter because nobody else has anything to do but you know follow their Twitter feed. So anyway, that's a that's a long uh, discussion there. So maybe we just move on into Star Wars trivia. How about that? Let's do that. 
All right. So Holly, since you're new to this, um, this is uh, mm -hmm. only episodes one through six. It okay. is from Good. it is from the Star Wars uh, Trivo Pursuit DVD game. So okay, okay, um, I think I have it. And uh, I can't. There, we just I just we don't call out categories. We just read questions. Normally, I give everybody a card, and then we just go around the horn. But since they're my cards, and we're doing this remotely, <laughs> I'm just Alex Trebek now. So anyway. All right, so um, who wants to go first? Who who wants to go first tonight? I'll go. All right, Dave's going first, and then you get to call out the next person. So, all right, what device do Y-Wing and X-Wing pilots use to plot torpedo runs? I'll say they're targeting computer. A targeting computer, yes, almost verbatim. Good job, Dave. All right, so... <laughs> Nice. Dave, you call out the next one. Who's next? Uh, let's uh, go with Fredo. So uh, Holly has to wait. <laughs> All right. Um, who hands a container of deadly Kuhans over a hired assassin? Over to a hired assassin. Oh. Uh, I didn't know that's what those things were called. But I and neither did I. <laughs> I just thought they were like venomous sea slugs. So it kind of looked like uh, that would be Django Fett. Django Fett, it is. Handed it over to Zam Wessel. One of the biggest, like, they, it's like, I think she's a changeling. I'm like, what's a changeling? It's like, doesn't matter. We're done. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. we're never going to see this person again. A changeling doesn't matter. It's just one of those things. Um, and by the way, I still, I like that thing I shared in the uh, Twitter group is uh, Obi-Wan showing the, the dart to Dexter Jetster saying, you know what this is? And Dexter nope. Jester says, nope. And <laughs> it just credits. <laughs> right. So, all right. So, all right. We're two for two. All right. Um, so. No pressure. To, to Holly. Yeah. Um, who becomes a far younger and more powerful replacement for Darth Tyrannus? Oh. Well, I mean, do you want Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker? I will accept both answers because that's what they put here. <laughs> okay, so, okay, um, okay. Nope, absolutely right. No, and it's we're not going to have. I don't want you to react like I did at bar trivia when. <laughs> I'm, okay. So, Fredo, no, I haven't let this go. I'm going to ask Holly this question and see what she thinks. This okay. was the question from bar trivia because we, we play mm -hmm. on Tuesday nights when we're not quarantined, um, and the question was, "Harvest." I even remember this verbatim. Harvested, yeah. harvested from the planet Jetta. What Star Wars? What, what Kyber crystals are used to power what Star Wars weapon? Do you want me to answer? I mean, or okay. You can um, answer. Why is that a BS question? Oh, why is it a BS question? Okay, I didn't know exactly. What well, you no, asking. you can you can answer if you want, but I mean, it's is a it Death Star? Or and that was the answer. Does or, laser? No, actually, the oh, answer oh. was lightsabers. Oh, Fredo, the answer was lightsabers. That's right. That's right. But, but the answer could Jedi. be the Death Star because I went up to the trivia jockey and I was like, gave a dissertation on why this could be two answers. Because yeah, no, that's right. That's especially right. Especially, I said, since you are referencing Rogue One, which right. had everything to do about the Death Star, the Kyber right. crystals. I'm putting Death Star. <laughs> 
and it is a right answer. And, and so I wrote it and we got it wrong because the answer was lightsabers. I, I was so mad. I'm still mad. Two yeah, because I, I went straight to Rogue One. But it's like, of course, yeah, absolutely. Lightsabers yeah. too, yeah. All right, see, NASA agrees with me. All right, so <laughs> I'll, I'll ask, uh, I'll ask uh, myself one here. Um, who nearly succumbs to Anakin's uh, force choke on Mustafar? Which there's a grammatical uh, error in here, by the way, or a, an editing error. There shouldn't be a comma there. Sorry, technical writer thing. But that is uh, Padme. Yeah, Padme Amidala. So there we go. Oh, wait. Couldn't that also be, I know it's just one through six, but Krennic, right? Rogue One. Oh, it could be oh. now, yeah, but this is. But he didn't the, really nearly succumb, right? It was uh, just kind of a joke thing, but. <laughs> it's the Saga edition, so yeah, technically. Okay. But, I would, if I was the trivia jockey, I would give it to you, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you would just go, oh, it's, it's, it's what's in the computer. I don't care. That's what the, <laughs> the answer was given is. Yeah, what we're learning is Rogue One is just a problem for trivia, apparently. That's the Clearly. common denominator here. <laughs> so uh, there's a... Uh, a little bit of Star Wars news. Last week we talked about um, Rosario Dawson. Uh, I don't think anything has been official, official yet. Not um, yet. But, Not from Disney or Blue But Coop. we do know that Ahsoka is going to be in the second season of The Mandalorian. Right. Um, which leads us to some more news. Fredo, uh, there's a couple things going on on the Disney Plus land today. So then, the, like, a day after it was announced that Ahsoka would be appearing in uh, season two of The Mandalorian. It was it began being well, making the rounds that they would spin her off into her own Disney Plus live action series. And uh, really, the, the big quote is from Bob Iger, who is the head of Disney. And he was on a conference call on an earnings call, we call it, when he gets in with all the shareholders at the end of every quarter and they start talking about what they're going to do. So this is a quote he gives quote, the priority in the next few years is television with the Mandalorian season two coming in October and then more coming from the Mandalorian thereafter, including the possibility of infusing it with more characters and the possibility of taking those characters in their own direction in terms of series, end quote. So in other words, not just taking the character, putting in new characters in the Mandalorian, but taking those characters that start there, giving them their own shows which naturally leads to two plus two equals and so basically a story a star wars story bosk yeah Bosk has to be in everything so yes so naturally the root the, the inclination is they're bringing in you cast somebody like rosario dawson to play a beloved character like Ahsoka, to have her do her own show. Do we run into the problem of getting too far down the nerd well? You know, like nah. you, you have to have watched Rebels and... Because there are going to be people like, again, I always bring up my brother, who's a big Star Wars fan, but he hasn't watched a lot of Rebels or Clone Wars, and he's going to go, "Who? who's Ahsoka? Why do I care? You know? But the rest of us are going, ooh, a dark saber, and it's okay. Which, by the way, I do want to say, uh, kind of a uh, the, kind of a link to this was um, 
Carlos Esposito. Did I get the name right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he, oh, uh, he made the comment that he broke a lot of dark sabers on set. So there's going to be some clanking of lightsaber and, Ooh. you know, um, dark saber, I think. There's going to be a lot of duels. But do, do we get down too far down the nerd well if we're going to do an Ahsoka Disney Plus thing or, you know, some of these, if we keep bringing it, like what we've, we've talked about how we'd love to see Cad Bane, you know, and something, you know, but would that, would that sell? I guess I throw that to the crowd. Talking about bringing her in. And so the question now isn't whether you bring her in at all, but how that ends up playing. Um, and if it plays well, then totally give her her own show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it really sort of hinges, in my opinion, uh, on how how good her performance is uh, in Mandalorian. I think, I mean, it's not, a, it's not inappropriate to think that they would do that. Just from the standpoint of it's a character that's already established. So you don't have to do a lot of back you know, work setting her up. You can do a bit of an introduction into Mandalorian. And then if you want to go deeper into her backstory, you can have a show, you know, her own show do that. Holly, got any ideas, thoughts? I, 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 think that's, I think that's a good way to put it. I think The Mandalorian was such a big success that it brought in a lot of even, you know, newer people who weren't really, I'm not going to say not Star Wars fans, but hadn't they didn't really pay attention to, you know, like you said, Clone Wars, Rebels, um, or even maybe, you know, episode eight or nine or something. So it brought a lot of those people in. And so I think if they see her there, um, you know, they'll yeah, like, uh, depending on her performance, I think, yeah, I think that could be a even bring in more people. So I, it could go either way. It could. You know, and I guess I'm one of those, I, I've said it before on this podcast that I remember watching Rebels. I started watching Rebels, hadn't watched any of the Clone Wars ever. And I was watching Rebels and at the end of season one, there's Ahsoka and everybody on Twitter is like, ah, Ahsoka. And I'm like, all right, whatever, you know, <laughs> and it's, it's kind of like at the end of uh, the Mandalorian season one, it's like, ah, the dark saber. And my wife's on the couch going, what the that thing, you know? Um, so I get it. My husband's the same it, way. But it, but it, but it didn't, you know, it didn't ruin anything. Uh, it's kind of the icing on the cake, but you know, but that's different than giving somebody their an, an entire series unto themselves. You know, and that's, you know, Ahsoka was always a part of a cast rather than the thing. So I, it'll just be interesting to to see how it goes. But this that's not what this uh, whole podcast is about. So I just wanted to see if we're going down too far the nerddom. But yeah, if we're in the podcast, we're already too far down the path. But I think it's it's a fair question uh, because this is the first instance where we see an animated character transition to uh, live, you know, live performance. Normally, it's been the other way around. It's been, you know, characters established in the movies that now we that we get animated into a TV show. This is the reverse, so we've never seen that from Star Wars before. She's a popular enough character too that you think there's probably a built-in fan base that would seek the show out and like so you have a baseline you know yeah. it's kind of like kind of like solo as long as they had not gone like insanely over budget with that movie 
they knew that they were going to make, you know, three, 300 million or whatever, whatever it ended up being, I'd have to look it up, but um, they kind of knew like, this is our floor. Um, and I'd say with Ahsoka, she's a popular enough character that there's probably uh, a high enough floor that they're comfortable with it. I mean, they're selling her lightsabers at Galaxy's Edge for $200, and there's enough of a demand of it that they can sell it and sell out of them. So, Fair enough. All right. Well, there's uh, other Disney Plus news, uh, Fredo. So the other bit of Disney Plus news that came out is uh, Lucasfilm has hired uh, – I'm reading this over from StarWarsNet.com. Lucasfilm has hired Joby Harold as the new writer of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. So obviously we know that the, the production on that Obi-Wan series got pushed back to January of uh, next year because of uh, writing delays and uh, they let go of their original uh, writer. And so they hired uh, Joby Harold, whose credits include Hayden Christensen's anesthesia film Awake and uh, the uh, Guy Ritchie movie King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. So apparently he is going to be coming in and to develop the story for Obi-Wan. You know, and that was uh, originally supposed to be a movie, mm -hmm. and then it became a Disney Plus series, and then it got on hold, and then everybody thought maybe it's being shifted back to a movie, and now I guess it's pretty much, well, via this story, it's kind of confirmed that it's still gonna be a Disney Plus series. So, I don't know, anybody, anybody seen either of those movies? Uh, I saw the King Arthur one. Uh... The less I say about it, the better. Fair enough. Yeah, no, they're not missing much there. <laughs> I will say, though, you know, reading the story that they put, saying regarding production starting in January of next year, given the dynamics of everything that's going on in the world right now with the pandemic, do we think that any of those productions are actually going to get started on time? That's a good question. You know, but given the way that they uh, they actually created the Mandalorian using the virtual screen and everything, it's probably not unfeasible that you could probably create some of these things with less than ten people or fewer than ten people on set. Okay, I, I don't know. I'm just I'm just saying. It's like mm -hmm. you can, so it'll, it it would be interesting. Yeah, that I tech mean, is really cool, and you could film like ten people at a time, and then just digitally overlay them into a scene and probably have it look actually good um so maybe yeah I, I it really depends you know there's so many moving parts but, but i'd say it's reasonable to assume that things are going to get delayed and pushed back um but you might see things still happen like i wouldn't surprise me one bit if we saw productions kick up in the fall Mm -hmm. or even in the summer. And a lot of it really is going to come down to uh, travel. You know, say, can you get the actor that you want to say, somebody like Giancarlo Esposito, who may, may make his residence in, you know, New York, going to L.A. or whatever, you know. I don't know how easy travel is going to be in the, in the age of coronavirus. So we'll just have to see. Yeah, and I, I had read that um, a few a month ago or so that um, I think the Cassian Andor series was supposed to start filming in June, right? Or around there. So this summer, so that could definitely be impacted too. Yeah. Just haven't heard anything official. 
and you gotta and you gotta wonder. I mean, a lot of times, with, with, as we said with uh, McCassin and or uh, we were discussing, there comes a point where you have to let go of all the staff because you're paying for them and they're just sitting around. So if you can't use them, they usually shut down production. Everybody's told go find your next gig and we'll try to bring you back whenever we fire things up again. So maybe maybe that'll be easier, but maybe not. Well, and of course, movies might go down the way of you know how a lot of how a lot of albums are put together anymore. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, I can be a part of a band that's like, hey, Aaron, it's time for you to lay your drum track down. I can do that in my room as long as I have, you know, they a computer with the, you know, with the tracks and just lay down my drums. Everything can be sent, um, you know, digitally. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, if you ever hear a duet, you know, very rarely are those two people in the same recording studio at the same time anymore. So who knows, you know, it'd be interesting to see what happens. Um, Dave, you finished reading the Ahsoka novel this week. I did. You don't have to do a whole review on it right now, but what, what you do, do you dig it? Yeah, I liked it a lot. You said you'd read it this one, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. um, what? what was really cool about this story was it got into um, the story of her lightsabers, which I really liked that a lot um, because it was it was a meaningful story. It wasn't just oh, I have white lightsabers now. Um, <laughs> uh, they kind of like went into the the explanation of where they came from and, and why they were so meaningful and how they called to her. Um, and I really liked all of that stuff. Um, and I liked the flashback, uh, at the very, at the very beginning of the novel, they flashback to, uh, the siege of Mandalore. Mm -hmm. Um, and there is a face off between her and Maul. And like, I, that's the thing that I'm waiting to see in Clone Wars uh, that I'm really excited that I'm really hopeful will show us. Um, so yeah, I liked the, I liked it a lot. Did, did has, you anybody, like it? has anybody else seen it or, or seen it? Have you ever read it? Anybody? I have not. So it is really cool. The thing I dug about it the most, actually, I looked forward to all of the little vignettes that they had, you know, scattered yeah. throughout. You know, it's all these flashbacks that you're talking about. It's like the rest of the story was just kind of because you know, and the, what's interesting is in the book those vignettes are like I think it, they're blue. Is that right? Blue pages or something? I don't know. Is that your the way yours was? I was reading it digitally, so it, oh, okay. they were, yeah, I, there was like italicized or whatever. But so yeah. I, you know, I could see it was coming. Like, oh, cool, another vignette was coming. You know, um, but yeah, all these. It also gets into um, how you know Rex and and she kind of escaped, you know, the, the siege of Mandalore and all this stuff. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's, it is, it's, it's a good novel. It's, you know, it's a young, it's a young adult novel. It's, I mean, you're not reading war or peace in it or anything, but, um, you know, it's, you know, it's, it was fun. It was good. Um, I think some of those have been the best, to be honest, some of the, the new books, um, the new canon, um, or the young adult novels like uh, i think what lost star by claudia gray and the jenner oh, yeah. so rebel rising that was a really good one too so i like those well cool since uh since holly is talking uh we'll uh go into the to the meat of this uh this podcast we want to hear kind of uh your story uh, i'll pitch this over to dave though but i just want to remind i gave the introduction earlier but i will 
give an abbreviated one. You're an engineer at NASA. Um, and you originally, or you came from, you're now in Texas, but you uh, originally from Louisiana. Yeah. Yeah. Originally, originally from uh, Lake Charles, but have, but lived for a while in New Orleans and it's my favorite place. So. Right on. And uh, huge Star Wars fan. You're a, ma a member of the Lagerettes that marches in Chewbacca's. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I'm going to pitch it over to Dave. We want to hear more about your story here. So. One of the first things we ask people when they first come on here um, is kind of like, what's your Star Wars story? Like, how did it start for you? Um, and so, like, when, do you have an earliest memory or do you remember becoming a Star Wars fan? No, um, I don't. It was always there for me. I was born in 78, so I'm dating myself. But um, so it was it existed before I did. Um, and I, I don't remember that moment. It's just I have early memories of being, you know, five or six and playing with my cousins. You know, let's play Star Wars. And there are pictures of me before then and Star Wars shirts and things. So it's just always been there. I mean, yeah, I can't, I guess my dad got the, the tape at some point and we had a VCR, which was a thing, you know, back then that was fancy. Um, and so we, yeah, I would just, you know, like a kid does watch it over and over and over and over and over, but you had to rewind back then. So it was annoying. But. Yeah. And, and play with the toys. Absolutely. Right. Yes. The to yes. So, but, um, so when we first started talking, um, and you were communicating, um, that there are a lot of tie-ins between Star Wars, science, and NASA, and like more so than one might think. <laughs> and you really got my creative uh, juices flowing with that because I was like, okay, I'm now I'm curious. I really wanted to know what you might have been referencing in particular. Yeah, we want to know: is NASA developing oh. a lightsaber or, or a Death Star? Or a Death Star? Yes. <laughs> I can't, uh, if I told you, no, I'm joking. Um, I wish we had that budget. <laughs> I really do. Because <laughs> someone calculated it, the Death Star once, once, right? It's like $800 trillion or, or something crazy. Um, I wish we had that budget. I really do. Just let me put it out there that NASA's entire budget is 0.5% of the entire federal budget. So it's if, if the federal budget is $1, NASA gets half of a penny. That's it. So I... Like, so no, that, that's your proof right there that we are not building a Death Star. Um, lightsabers, maybe someone's working on that. I don't know, not me, but um, <laughs> so we do have, and we something better than Star Wars, I think, is we have a triple ion engine. Uh, so the TIE fighters, right? Twin, we have triple. That's actually the Dawn spacecraft. And so it uses ion propulsion. So it's, yeah, they're exploring it. So yeah, we, we win. Just that one. <laughs> triple ion beats triple double ion. ion. Yeah, right. right. That, that's, my, that's my one thing. <laughs> so how far along is that in development? Oh, I, it's, it's launched. Wow. It's in there, yeah. Because how much, I mean, how much faster would that make probes and other uh, you know, engines, other ships, put it that way? When they get launched it, it depends on so it's with the ion engines and this is not my specialty mm -hmm. or field of expertise so um if i if i say something wrong i apologize but 
for the most part. The ion engines, they, um, they accelerate very slow, but once they get to where they are, then they're very fast. So it's how long is your mission? Is it worth that time of slow acceleration at first, mm-hmm. you know, to get to where you're eventually going? So I, I don't have numbers on me right now of, you know, how much faster one is than the other, but at some point, yeah, they do become much more efficient and better to use than, you know, traditional propulsion methods that we have now. So this is not on our, our question list. So Dave, pardon me for uh, interjecting here, but it's going to be one of my McClunky questions. Uh, if so, because you just made a tie in, you know, because, well tie, haha. <laughs> <laughs> With the ion engines and you know bringing bringing Star Wars into real world stuff, um, as an engineer, as a scientist, as a, an employee of NASA, when you watch Star Wars, or really, do you ever sit there and go, "Oh man, what BS! That could never be! Come on!" And does it does it ruin the the magic? You know, the um, are you you know are you taken out of the moment because you know there's no way we can make a lightsaber or anything like that? No, because, um, well, so Star Wars, I kind of gave up on a long time ago. I mean, right, Alderaan explodes. It's, you know, the Death Star explodes. It's like, we can all hear it, right? And so um, I don't fault Star Wars for being, you know, not adhering to the, the physics of the natural world that we have to adhere to in our daily lives. Um, it is funny, though, whenever we were, I was in the theater with a, 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 another friend of mine who also works at NASA, and we were watching episode eight. And when that bomber, you know, comes in, it drops the bombs. We're like, why are they falling down? Like it, we both looked at each other and went, what? <laughs> so generally in Star Wars, no. But for some reason, that one scene of them, they're falling down. Why? That doesn't make any sense. And so we were, you know, kind of like, do you think they, what could have done it? And my husband's like, shut up. <laughs> Didn't somebody retcon that to say they were magnetic or something like that? No. Why didn't they use Y wings? I mean, let's just be honest. But okay. Uh, But however, when the holdo maneuver happens and there's no sound, oh gosh, yeah, that was great on screen. I'm not gonna lie; it was a great scene. But oh, okay. I'm sorry. No, no, no. That's all right. Go for it. (laughs) It was beautifully shot and done, but um just the maneuver itself. And I liked it how they, they referenced it. Did you notice in the rise of Skywalker, but like very sarcastically, like, Oh no, you can only do that. Once. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. So that's my take on the whole movie. So are there any parts of the movies though, that you try to rationalize? Like you, you turn your science brain off a little bit or. Um... Yeah. I just try to turn it off for Star Wars. It's, it's, I mean, it's not, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing because if you just want to go and just, just go for the story and understand, okay, this is a fictional universe that they created for themselves and these characters. And this is the world that they live in. It's not our world, but you know, okay. You know, but, but it is tough because like I'm a musician and, you know, a classically trained musician and I I cannot listen to music when I'm working because I start to analyze (laughs) the music. I just, I cannot be a passive listener of music. And it's really kind of tough to go watch a band and and say, okay, it's okay that this is just four chords and they're out of tune. It's fun, you know. 
when you're yeah. trained that everything needs to be X, Y, or Z. And I, it's like, I also wonder, can like a, a professional golfer, can they just go out and enjoy a round of golf without it being work? So, I mean, because you're yeah. dealing with all these things, it is, it is kind of, I would imagine, be kind of tough to, you know, that suspension of disbelief, I suppose. I guess because it's always, Star Wars has just always been there. It was like, you know, since before I understood, you know, I knew anything about, you know, what's the physics? I don't know. Um, so it's, it's just maybe, maybe if it just started to exist like five years ago or something, I would feel differently. But no, I'm more I'm more tough on on Star Trek. Yeah, I'm a Trekkie. We just need to all get along. It's fine. Um, so I'm yeah. I thought, I, I thought it's Trek or Trek oh, is derogatory. Is I don't know. I don't care. That's a quote from fanboys. I don't want to be derogatory towards anyone. It's just if someone calls me one or one or the other, I don't care. Um, but it, yeah, I'm I'm more rough on on Star Trek. So I think they have more of the science claim. Star Wars is you know just it's just different, and they're both fun and fine. So. Well, cool. Um, so I did want to ask you um, one of the most important questions in my mind um, is about girls in STEM mm -hmm. um, because it feels like to me our society continues to direct girls away from math and science. Um, I've seen it with my own girls um, mm -hmm. where um, my oldest daughter will come home and it's like, uh, I can't do math. How old is um, she? eight okay and she say oh i can't do math and i'm like well yes you can because you've i've seen you do it and this is something that you can handle um and i wonder like how much of that is like society like coming down on her um subconsciously even um and it's just it it's frustrating for me because i don't want to put any limitations on her um so I guess where I'm coming to with this is like, um, did your connection to Star Wars kind of lead you to NASA? And what was your path like? Did you encounter resistance? Was it difficult for you? Um, so two things, that's two separate issues. Um, one with your daughter, uh, some advice is I had, well, I had great parents, but my dad was amazing and a thousand percent supportive of whatever I wanted to do. And that, that one thing in itself was such a huge, you know, factor and played such a huge role that I don't want to say any, nothing else mattered, but it just, it made things so much easier than they would have been otherwise. So that's something that you can do, which you're obviously already doing. So yay. Um, studies, because I do keep up with this studies are showing that as girls are actually younger, they are more confident in math and they do believe that they could do it. But like you said, society and, you know, those messages start to seep in as they get older. And so they, they do start to doubt themselves like, Oh, this is for boys as opposed to, you know, this is just something everyone does. Everyone does math. So, I, you know, I, it, as she gets older, it may get worse just because that's what it, as they, you know, usually elementary school is they're more confident junior high school, less confident high school, you know? So, um, but yeah, as long as you just keep supporting her, that's the most important thing you can do. Um, the second thing is, yes, uh, there was resistance 
just, you know, where we grow up, growing up in the South, I mean, it's a little, it's different. Um, there's uh, actually, after I got married and I was working at NASA, I had an older family friend, but asked me, well, when are you going to quit your job to stay home and have kids? <laughs> it's like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, so you don't, you don't go to school for engineering and, and they get a job at NASA. And then it's a few years later, it's like, oh, well, I'm just done with this. So, you know, it's time to move on. Like, so it was more things like that. I think since I was so driven, since I was younger, it's like, I know this is what I'm going to do. I'm, you know, I'm going to be part of the I'm going to have a spaceship and I'm going to do these things. Um, I think that just being so focused and driven and like that I just knew that people could say things or, you know, make comments or I could go to school with people and they could be a certain way. Um, I just didn't care. It was like, so I feel like I had, I was lucky with, and with respect to that, but I do feel like women who, you know, they, they want to be engineers or they want to go to STEM or they want to do these things. It, it is very easy for those comments to, you know, make you doubt yourself. And, but there's always going to be that person who sees what you're doing as somehow wrong or, you know, a threat to what they're doing. And it's just, if you, I feel like if you know that going in, like, okay, I'm going to encounter these people. I need to just accept that. Unfortunately, that's a thing. Maybe hopefully change their mind, but definitely do not let them affect what I'm doing or stop what I'm doing in any way, because then they win. So. I really wanted to, address that with you because I feel like just the fact that you're out there and talking about this mm -hmm. and willing to say, Hey, you know, STEM, this is awesome. This is something we need to focus on. Um, just giving people that role model um, could probably make a difference for, for young people. So I hope well, so. those, those, uh, you know, those gender roles that we like to try to think that God, we're in the 21st century mm -hmm. that you'd think we'd be past things, but I mean, we're still dealing with, like you said, those comments of, you know, when are you going to stay home? Um, you know, when I was an instructional coach, the big, there were schools across the country who were going to do um, all girls uh, math classes and science classes, because what you talk about junior high and high school, mm -hmm. if, if you want to get a date, you're not going to attract a guy that you seem smarter than it's, but you know, it's just like, ugh, you know, as you know, I, I just, I don't understand that, but it, it's something that is, you know, has to come from, from home, you know, to a, a good majority of it. I mean, obviously your home was be smart, be involved, you know, be like what you like and do it to your best of your ability and it, be it damned is with everything else. Absolutely. A lot, a lot of it is home. And a lot of it is, we just don't realize that we're doing it we don't realize we're sending those messages. We don't realize whenever we say things a certain way that it implants in a young person's mind as something else, because that's just how we've always said it or how we, we've always done it. And in some way it's negative towards, you know, girls versus boys and, and science and STEM and, and things. So um, a lot of it is changing that. I don't know how you do that. Um, and, and Dave, I can actually, I can send you the, the study that was done, it's really, it's long and it's, but it's very good. Um, so I don't know how to change that because it's, I probably do it too. Women do it too. You know, we're guilty of it. It's, but 
it's it is a bigger thing but absolutely family and growing up and that environment is so important like you know like i said my dad i could not have gotten to where i was without him and his support and just never questioning well why do you want to do this why don't you do this instead just know you want to you know when i was a kid you know you want to be an astronaut go be an astronaut that's awesome so I hear from my kids too, like, oh, that's a boy thing or that's a girl yeah, thing. Yeah, yes. And I'm like, uh, like with my daughter especially, I'd be like, well, do you you like Star Wars, right? Yeah, I like Star Wars. It's like, well, that's not a boy girl, a boy thing or a girl <laughs> thing. You like it. You can like it. It's your choice. So, um, yeah. So I like your fandom. Did it like kind of lead you in that direction into NASA? Like, when did your like desire to pursue this career path sort of manifest. It manifested when, um, as early as I can remember and just watching the movies, because that's all we had for, you know, however many years, right. Uh, 20 years, the first three and just seeing those and seeing the, seeing like the, just things like the ships, and how they would go from one planet to another and all the planets were different and they had the different environments and the different characters and the different species and they just look so interesting you know and it's like i want to do that i want this ship that could go to, from places to places and i just want to explore i want to see them all i want to go to all the stars and all the planets and just you know do all of the things and so when i was like okay well this is what i want to do i want to have this spaceship that just goes to all the places um, how do I do that? So when I was young and in the, you know, the early eighties, uh, the space shuttle was just coming up and being a thing. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, the space shuttle is closest, closest to what, where I'm going to get. Right. Um, so then NASA, so that's where it kind of became this link between, okay, well, Star Wars and spaceships and, you know, spaceships and NASA. So Star Wars, NASA. Cool. So how often did you go to, since you lived in Lake Charles, how often did you go to the NASA Center in Mississippi or um, to even to Houston? So. Houston. Houston. I, I don't want to say often. I mean, a, a few times, um, you know, my, my parents would take me. I, I have a picture from when I was about two wearing a shirt, you know, that says Johnson Space Center. And so... I know we went when I was really young and then probably again in like middle school and then again in high school, but now they actually do field trips from Lake Charles to there. So that's good. So the kids can see it. How many launches have you gotten to see? I've only seen two. Um, I tried for three. It was scrubbed. Uh, it's hard because I worked in mission control. And so okay. when you work in mission control, and there's a launch in Florida, oh, Mission Control in Houston, and there's a launch in Florida. And then you have to be to work in five or six or 10 hours. You know, it's hard to. <laughs> so it's funny because actually working there in that particular job I, prevented me from seeing more launches. So I totally get that because I worked in sports for okay. like over a decade. And so working in sports prevented me from watching sports. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because. <laughs> You're covering whatever you're covering for right. eight hours or whatever and right. everything else. So, right. Um, right. Yeah. So. But, uh, uh, so obviously Leia is one of your favorite characters. You held uh, up, uh, uh, action figure earlier. Uh -huh. Um, 
What is it about her that drew you to her specifically, like above and beyond gender? Uh, so that's a good question. Um, and it, and this is my opinion. I, I don't want to stomp on anyone else's fandom. Leia is the hero of episode four. And if you think about it, it's Obi-Wan, you know, here's your father's lightsaber. Look at this, this woman. She's in trouble. We need to go help her. Luke's like, no, no, God, my parents are going to be, you know, going to be mad. I'm going to get grounded. Um, or aunt, uncle, you know what I mean? But, um, and so at first he's, he's like, I can't do this. I, I have to be home at whatever o'clock. And Obi-Wan's like, no, come with me. And he's like, no. And then they, you know, of course go back and uncle Owen and aunt Beru aren't there anymore. And he's like, all right, I'm in. Well, and then we get to Han and, you know, they pay him to get to Alderaan, which was the Death Star. And now Luke's all of a sudden, look look at this woman. She needs help. We got to help her. We got to help her. And Han's like, no. And, and Luke's like, well, she's got a lot of money. And he's like, all right, I'm in. And so it's like, granted, they changed. So the characters changed and evolved over time and in, in other movies. But for episode four, which was all I had for years, um, Leia was always in it. She was always in the fight. You know, she was always, she knew her mission. Her planet got destroyed. She's like, nope, we're still going. We're still going. And these two guys are like, they just kind of have to be, you know, grab them by the hair and come on, let's go. And so <laughs> that was the difference to me. And for so long, it's, you know, like Luke's the hero, Han's the hero, you know, and they're, they're great characters. Don't get me wrong. But I'm like, does no one else see that they well, have to be, you know, and that, yeah, that's the, into this? that was the genius of what, of, of what Lucas did was, I mean, she was a damsel in distress, but no, she wasn't. Right, right, you know, right. He, he took that archetype and turned it on its head. Because yeah, they were Han and Luke were hapless, and they were just pulling things out of their cabooses. And then she's like, "All right, no, here, we're gonna yeah. do this. Get this walking carpet out of my way." You right, know, and, get into the garbage chute. Yeah. right. No, she. Yeah, it, I, absolutely. It, it was awesome. Which like, so, kind of. I want to ask this question. So, how did you feel um, about how they treated Padme's character in? especially episode three. We've talked about previous episodes. Um, I don't know, because we, you just talked about Leia being this strong person. That's, mm -hmm. in my opinion, that's the way Padme started and then they just ruined that character, in my opinion. So I may have just set it up there, but go ahead. And that's also um, a great observation. And I agree 100%. I was, uh, I was very disappointed just with the character of Padme she had, I feel like she has so much potential. And then at the end it was like, that's it. I mean, I, I get it now. She, they had to do something to make her not be there or not be around or have a story for the you know, the other movies, but it just seemed like she was passionate and fighting in the Senate. And if you watch the deleted scenes from episode three, you know, there's her and Bill Organa and Mon Mothma, and they're basically creating the rebellion. And it's like, I want to see this. I want more of this. And, and then at the end, you know, she's just not there anymore. And I was like, I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say, or people always would ask, well, what would you have done differently? How would you have done it if you're so great at this? I'm not. And I don't know what I would have done differently, but I just feel like it could have been done better. And maybe I'm did, wrong. But 
Did you like what you saw from uh, her character in Clone Wars? Because yes. I feel like Clone Wars kind of fleshed some of that out a little bit. Absolutely. Yes. Clone mm. Wars. Yes. I love Clone Wars. Dave Filoni is genius. And yes, all hail. <laughs> yes. He, she was much better in, in Clone Wars. She had more of her own role, I think, as opposed to just, you know, being with Anakin. So she, she had, there was more focus on just her and what she was doing and why it was important as opposed to just kind of, well, you know, she's just there, but well, there's Anakin, so we got to have me. So. She was an idealist, too, and I liked yeah. that about her. Yeah, like um, Leia, right. I did. I did like that yeah. about her. That's why I was sad to see what they, you know. But. Yeah. And I didn't see that. I mean, that may have been my dumb maleness for a long time. But no, but seriously, for a long time, I didn't really have that problem with that the end of that mm -hmm. movie. But gosh, like, I think it was Aaron who might have brought that up, like that being one of his biggest critiques. Oh, and I'm God, yeah, yeah her combing her hair going, oh, let's just hold each other like we did on that movie. <laughs> oh, come on. It just... Know? Yeah. yeah, they did it. They did her dirty in that movie. They did her dirty. Yes. But, yes. Ah. Uh, well, um, I you know this is a decent transition. So, like, what do you think about on-screen portrayals of women in the saga in general? Do you think they're doing better now? Um, do you think it, uh, th have things gotten better, or is it kind of the same? It's it's gotten in my this in my opinion. Yeah, it's gotten better. This is such a touchy subject. I don't want, I don't want you know, like a, a few Twitter ads. Like, ah, I feel differently. It's like we know this has been fleshed out. Everyone has a different opinion about it. Um, but I'm, uh, I think the sequels could have done a, could have done a lot of things overall much better. Um, I think the actors, actresses playing those characters did a wonderful job. Nothing against them. I just think the sequels had a lot of issues, and. That was just one of them. Um, I do think that Clone Wars, with especially with Ahsoka, is wonderful and amazing. I think I, I liked Jen Erso. Um, I wish I think they had a little bit of trouble fle fleshing out her character, but I think that was just also another overall problem with the, at least the start of Rogue One. Um, I love Hera from Rebels. I think Hera, in a way, is a lot like Leia because she's. You know, she's fighting for the rebellion. She's kind of owning, her, you know, piloting her ship, and it's being herself. And she doesn't have magic powers, which I think, which I like too. That's another thing that drew me to Leo at the time, was she's a normal person, right? She's she can't, you know, do the moving the things with the fingers. Um, I like Cara Dune, you know, Mandalorian. She's great, and I've always kind, of, I've always been a fan of Mon Mothma too. I mean, I know we don't see a lot of her, but I think she's great. We really sort of, um, with our podcast, we really started with a focus on The Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. I never really thought we would just be completely dedicated to the one show, but that's where we, it it sort of lined up that we were going to start our podcast and we're like, okay, well, let's talk about Mandalorian because it was the hot new thing. Um, but since then, we've covered a lot of the other new material too. Mm -hmm. Is there any of the new material for you that you really have enjoyed? Um really like and is there anything that you're looking forward to um yeah so the the new stuff i've really i, I love rogue one i really love rogue one um i think that was 
just done very well. Um, the story of we finally get to, you know, so as someone who's a, um, I was safety and mission assurance for Orion for a while. And as someone who builds objects or helps to design objects that go into space, I was, you know, how did this death start? And who, how many safety reviews did this thing go through? And everyone missed it. Like that is terrible engineering. That, that is, sounds like clerks. You know, <laughs> how do you, how do you have a thing that can blow up a planet? And it's wait, what? This makes no sense. All of those engineers just need to go. So I loved the explanation of um of Galen or so putting the you know the putting it in there. And so I actually have a little the Funko Pop of Galen. It's like he's my favorite engineer. So. Um, so I love that. I like, I do like Rebels. Like I said, I like, I like Hera's character a lot. I do like Clone Wars. Uh, I think Ahsoka was, was great in terms of getting, you know, more women in, in the, in the, uh, the saga. Um, so yeah. So and I'm, I'm looking forward to the Cassian Andor, um, show. He's, I, like, like I said, I'm a big Rogue One fan. So Cassian, I, you know, I love him. He's great. So that's what I'm most looking forward to. But I do think Clone Wars and Rebels and, um, and Rogue One, those would be my favorite new things, you know, I guess, post. Yeah. You know, so you mentioned the, uh, the, the sequels. Um, and again, we've talked about this on our, on the podcast before. And I really, really enjoyed, I, I, I love Ray. Mm -hmm. And, Especially in episodes that I still think one of the, I actually I won't say one of the, but the best moment in Star Wars movies is when that lightsaber flies into her hand, and just and the music that happens there, I just think it's it's the best moment in Star Wars movies. Okay. And then for me, it got things got a little bit ruined mainly by the net nerds, but um, but As this whole do. but this whole this whole. Ray and Kylo have to be a thing. And then the in Rise of Skywalker when they kissed, I think I groaned. I mean, we've talked about it. It's like can't we just can't we have it's what I liked about Rogue One is that mm -hmm. I was I think Brittany and I were talking it's like my god, if they kiss, I'm mm -hmm. going to lose my lunch. I mean, but they did a very human thing and just hugged each other. And I was like, "Thank you." They were coworkers. Can they just be coworkers? <laughs> so I, I really do think that the sequels kind of they they cheapened Ray as the movies went on, and you know that's what I you know we, we kind of liked about Leia's her independence and her strength, and that's what Ray had. And then couldn't it be more? Couldn't we just have it where she relies? You know that she finds that you need friends to support rather than this connection with Kylo. Anyway, I, I'm not a big Raylo fan at all, but anyway. I don't have a problem with Raylo's. I think the, um, you know, I, I, I can un totally understand why that trope is a thing. Um, it, for me, it's, I don't know. There was just so many problems with the sequels, especially the continuity and is she this, is she that, is she in it? And it was so unfair to Daisy Ridley who did an amazing job um, of it just, it's just confusion. So uh, there's just so much wrong. <laughs> By the way, sorry Don't guys. Don't at me. Don't. <laughs> Screen rant got me uh, this morning, um, or was it yesterday morning? I think it was this morning. I was reading it a day late, but I was reading through my Google News feed, and there was Screen Rant on there. It says 
Star Wars confirms that Palpatine was a clone in Return of the Jedi. And I went, what? what? I clicked into that article and I dove in all mad. And they said, April Fool. Oh, he wasn't. Uh, It'd be cool if he was. Like, ah. So, oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah the, the clone thing. The clone thing was interesting because Timothy Zahn had done it before and so but i like i do like the zon novels and i am glad that they made throne uh thrawn a you know canon but um yeah so i was like oh we're doing this okay all right well you know well i'm with you on hera i think she's like vastly <laughs> underrated by most of the fans. i agree base. yes yes she's I so actually, good i actually have vanessa marshall's autograph on a rebel no. from celebration yeah her and Tia Sakare. Um, Tia nice. Sakare is uh, is awesome to follow on Twitter, by the way. So just, okay. Yeah. But yeah, I got a, got them both to autograph that poster. I got nice. a celebration last April. So yeah. Oh, you went to the most recent one. Okay, I didn't go to that one. Okay. Yeah. Well, I do have to ask you one more sequel related question, though. I'd say. Um, like we've covered it at this point where they are a little disjointed because you've got three, you well, two different filmmakers making three different movies that sort of connect, but there are issues. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about and kind of like circling back to what we talked about uh, with female representation, do you feel like Rose Tico got a raw deal? Mm-hmm. She did. Yeah, she did. And Kelly Marie Chan was is wonderful. And, you know, all the, the stuff that happened after is terrible. And yeah, Rose could have been such a better character. I don't want to say better character. She could have had such a better story. Right. I'll put it that way. Because, you know, The Last Jedi, it was like, and, and Finn too. And, you know, that whole just well, let's be running honest. around I mean, on Canto Bight. Like, what are you, what's going on? Why are we here? I, you know. Let's be honest. I mean, she could have done everything that I like Jana's character, but she could have done everything that Jana did in the rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, I'm sorry. Keep going. Yeah. No, we can, I, I can sequel rant all day, but I <laughs> don't want to don't at me. Don't. <laughs> hey, we all like what we like, right? Right. You know? Right. If you loved it, fine. That's fine. But I'll say it's interesting that it's still, and this is one of the dynamics that people tend to dismiss, but it's so, it speaks to the power of Star Wars is it generates such passionate discussion. Mm-hmm. Yes. It, it very rarely people go, oh, it's all right, I didn't like it. No, people like really into it or really against it. Yeah. Well, my running my running gag is still the, you know, don't ask me who what which my favorite Star Wars movie is. I all like my children. I said, but that being said, episode two needs to get a job and episode three needs to go back to school. You know, it's those, yeah, that's the way I. What does episode so, yeah. one have to do? I liked episode one. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I, I, I dug it. <laughs> I, okay. I mean, it's, yeah. I, but, yeah we, so we episode are, one is your is your favorite child? I wouldn't say it's my favorite. Of the, <laughs> okay, prequel, okay. of the prequels, it's the one the prequels, I, you know, yeah. doesn't annoy me the most. But, okay, okay. Um, but you know, I, I, it is. It's. I think we can because we've lived with. I don't think has any other real movie. No other movie franchise has forty years of, of history. You know that. I mean, and just 
You got James Bond, basically. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I would argue, though, that every James Bond is just a standalone thing. It's kind of like, you know. They try to have uh, a continuity in them, and it just it falls apart after two, three movies. Because I mean, that's what they tried doing with the uh, Daniel Craig movies when they brought in, uh, what's his name, uh, from uh, Inglourious Bastards. Uh, forget Are you the actor. McClunky that? No, well, that's the name <laughs> of the movie. Uh, but no, it's. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Christopher uh, Christopher played Blofeld. Yeah, the main Blofeld. And you're like, too many people trying to play the role of Palpatine in their movie universe. The, the high hidden hand, the Phantom Menace that has moved all the pieces into action. You're like, that could. That, okay, this works in this. It doesn't work in, with you. So. <laughs> I will give them credit that they have done a mostly good job of connecting, like you said, Aaron, like 48 odd years of, uh, yeah. of movies. Um, but, you know, I guess, so you talked about Rogue One. You really like Rogue One a lot. Are mm. there other uh, favorites in the canon for you? Uh, Movie-wise or yeah. overall? Uh, no. I'd say over. I'll say overall. I'll step in there. Doesn't have to be movies. Clone Wars, Rebels, uh, uh, Clone Wars. I really, especially the the later years of Clone Wars, it, it just really grew up and matured so much, and the story just really it, it grew. And it was to me, it was just an example of this is how you do things right. Um, but what did you think? What did you think when you got to the episode and Darth Maul is a spider? Okay. Be honest. <laughs> um, I was uh, I was happy to see Darth Maul again. I was so not thinking from an engineer, maybe from a biologist or a doctor. Mm -hmm. How does this, how does this happen? But I guess we're always going to go back to well, the Force can, you know, through the Force, all things are possible. I don't know. Right. <laughs> you know, it is one of those interesting things that uh, I remember I binge watched uh, the Clone Wars one one summer. It's just what I did on the weekends when I woke up and just watch, watch, watch. And I got to that one. I was like, what? Yeah. Anyway, when, when Solo came out and my brother, we, that's something I always talk about. I think the problem with Star Wars, especially when you get into the movies and stuff like that, is people having to do the homework. That's my running yes. deal. It's like, because my brother, who introduced me to Star Wars, basically, you know, took me to my first convention, and you know, he called me after he saw Solo. He's like, "How's Darth Maul back?" I was like, "Oh yeah, he became a spider." What? It's like, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sorry, you you didn't do the summer reading. Let me uh, bring you back up to speed here, because he was like utterly confused. It was right. like, "Wow, okay, there's Darth Maul, but how is right. this working?" So. Um, yeah. yeah, go ahead. But just still pine that on is, that if well, you Yeah, and, and Clone Wars, while amazing, yes, go watch all of it. It's like, it, well, it's seven seasons. So you tell someone, go watch this great show on Netflix. It's seven seasons. And it's like, okay, wait, how much time is, how much time do I have to devote to that? Even though the the shows themselves are short for Clone Wars, it's. And they fly. Yeah, it's still, it's like seven seasons. Okay, no one's going to do that unless they are a hardcore fan. So. It's, you know, whenever you, you feel like, well, you had to do this homework, you had to do that homework. And for the Clone Wars, it's like, I'm not going to fault them for being a, a background reference, but things like, and which I feel like is becoming a bigger trend and at least science fiction overall, is you do have to do that homework. Well, well, 
how did this, well, that was the comic. Didn't you read it? No, I didn't read it. Wh which comic? Well, it was, you know, the, the third one of season two or whatever of the, and I'm sorry, I don't know how comics are described, but um, so it's, yeah, it's like, or didn't you read the prequel to, to Rogue One, which was a great novel, a wonderful novel, but I go read it. But uh, it's like, I shouldn't have to do that background work and that homework on every character to understand every story. That being okay. said, I do think the Clone Wars is a little different from, from those things, but yeah, yeah. I, I I get it. And that's what we were talking about earlier with um, that. I think the Mandalorian did so well is mm -hmm. that there were those references that made some of us go, oh, that's mm -hmm. cool. And, and the people sitting next to us going, what? It's like, mm -hmm. but again, my wife still enjoyed everything, not having seen the yes. Clone Wars episodes. Um, Absolutely. And you feel like, and at least that story with Darksaber, that's going to get fleshed out, right? They're going to tell that story. Well, I mean, they were. <laughs> we'll see what the, this new world brings. But, you know, you have confidence that, okay, that story is going to get told at, in a good way. And I, you don't have to go back and do all that work if, you know, if you don't want to. But I feel like, especially with the sequels, a lot of that was, some of it, you know, it was required almost. Um, and, and I feel the same way, like I said, with just other sci-fi, like I'm reading the, the Picard prequel right now. And it's great. But it's like, did you know that Jordy was the one managing the spaceport on Mars that got attacked? Like, oh, Jordy, that's a big thing, right? No, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Not really mentioned. All right. <laughs> so sometimes the homework gets to be a little much. But yeah. uh, Rogue One, then, is that number one for you? And the new movies, absolutely. Okay. Overall, though, what's your number one? Uh, episode four. Yeah. Yeah. I just love it. I mean, it just, it, it just had everything for me. It was, it, it had a little bit of everyone's story. Like, I mean, obviously Empire and, and Jedi did, did too, but I feel like Empire was, you know, very, very Luke focused. Um, but yeah, episode four is just it kind of told everyone's story. It wasn't super heavy in one area or another. So it, it, it was, yeah, I just love it. Well, that uh, we've run through my questions. I don't know if well, you guys have anything. I will. I will say. I, I guess we we talked. We weren't going to talk about this, but I will bring it up. So Holly and I have a um, similarity here in that she's wearing a Lucasfilm shirt, and I have a Lucasfilm shirt in my closet. I'm not wearing it today, but both of us have toured um, part of Lucasfilm. So when I was working for Google, I got to work at Lucasfilm for a day. Um, and so I'll just briefly talk about what I saw. Then I want to hear what you saw because I worked at the San Francisco, um, headquarters with the Yoda fountain and everything, and you got to go to the ranch. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I remember when, when I was there, first of all, the lobby has all these cool prop replicas and, you know, there's Boba Fett and Darth Vader and R2D2. But what was cool is when you got back into the normal hallways, all the hallways are decorated with map paintings like it was a map painting that they used for die hard you know because ilm is you know based mm -hmm. in the san francisco office and of course there are stormtroopers guarding a door and et's bike is hanging from the ceiling and just all these things head was on a swivel the whole time mm -hmm. um and uh, so 
I guess what 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 did you when you went to the ranch? I guess how did you get to go to the ranch? If you can say that, and what you know, what was that tour like? What it was was it as much uh, of a like oh crap moment as I had? You know, because it was like oh my god, I get to work at Lucasfilm. So yeah, I mean, it was it, it's crazy because it's well, it was ten years ago, first of all. So oh, it's been a while, but it's also like you said, your head is just constantly turning at all of the things. So it's like, how do I process all of this at once. Um, I got to go because I have a friend who works on the Clone Wars and he gave my husband and I a tour. And I guess the most memorable things is when you walk in, there's this display case and it's got like Indiana Jones's whip and the hat and the, or, and if, you know, I'm getting tiny details off, I apologize, but it's things like that from all the movies. And then, you know, there's a lightsaber and, um, and so it was just like, oh my God, like these are from movie history that you grew up with. And it's like, that's the thing. That's amazing. Um, so that was one thing. And the library, which if you look up the Skywalker Ranch Library and is, you know, it's one of my wife's uh, dreams. Yeah. Yes. It's amazing. It's unbelievable to see it in person. It's just, oh, it's just a wonder. It just, oh, that place is just amazing. All of it. And, uh, I know we talked about this before, but yeah, walking through the halls, it's like, put your head down. Don't look at this. Don't look at that. No one's computer screens. No, but they also had um, Clone Wars, you know, future episodes like concept art, you know, hung up on, you know, brainstorming and things. So it's like, don't, nope, nope. You didn't see that. You didn't see this. And so there was a lot of that going on too. So it was yeah, really, at the, really uh, a cool place. At the end of the day, they took us into the uh, screening theater where ILM does their dailies, and yes. uh, and they showed us they showed a clip that you can see on the internet. But they just showed you know how ILM was how they put together uh, things for um, episode seven, okay. and it was yeah it was it was just it was just cool. Then they took us to the company store after that. Mm. And, yeah. That oh was, yeah. But I was just amazed at how they just decorated with all of their stuff and especially just even like I said, the map that was just incredible. But so yeah, right on. Yeah. That um, was, was awesome. So what are you looking forward to? Um, because we're, we're done with episode um, nine. So I guess we're looking forward to, or what, what is your prediction of what's to come? We obviously know what's coming on Disney plus, but where do you think, do you think we're going to get movies? Who? What's going to be the next movie? What are your gut that's reactions? A, I, that's a great question. And for movies, I have no idea because it it seems like The Mandalorian was such a big success. And again, I don't know if that's because of you know the platform, how it was distributed, versus a movie being you know such a standalone thing, one every few years, or if it was just because it's it was better. I I don't know, and I'm not going to say, but I think, um, you know, in terms of movies, it's, I, I do think that the question will have to be asked because I think if you look at the numbers from seven, eight to nine, they, you know, and solo was not great and performed that great, relatively speaking, um, how, you know, Disney will have to say, okay, does it just make more sense to do these series or I don't know. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm most looking forward to the Cassian Andor show, for, definitely. Um, I, I let, me ask you in a, let me ask you in a different way. If, if it was Christmas time, what would be your, if the next movie you could choose what it would be, the subject matter, what, 
Because oh, I want Millie Bobby Brown in a Young Leia movie so bad. <laughs> and if she's the she's um, Eleven from Stranger Things for those mm-hmm. who don't know, but um, yes, I want her to be Leia, Young Leia. Because like, you could be get because you could get Jimmy Smith to play yes, Bail Organa. Bella, yes. Good. Still, oh, I mean, I thought this out. Yes, I. <laughs> I mean, kind of teaching hey, Mon her. Mon Mothma too, right? Right. So, you could have him. I mean, he's yeah, still going to play dad, and yes. Yeah. So, so that that's have... my dream. I don't know if it'll ever happen, but well, I'd we, be down for that. We got a young Han Solo movie. We should get a young player. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I agree. Particularly from the standpoint of getting us to see the viewpoint of Coruscant under Palpatine. Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. still bring in McDermott. Mm-hmm. You don't have to make him up to be as, as <laughs> cool and crazy look in Roger Skywalker. <laughs> yes, I know, right? Yeah. This could happen yeah. now. We, so we need to do it before we don't have Jimmy Smiths and mm-hmm. Ian McDermott. Yeah. Right. I so. guess another thing that, uh, that you, we had mentioned in your intro, you've presented at conventions. Um, mm-hmm. So even at Star Wars Celebration, what was the topic? Uh, I guess what kind of things do you present on? Um, so the first was uh, it was kind of a science and science fiction and how the two influence each other, and it was a panel with um, other NASA people, not all engineers, but uh, other other people from NASA, and we just talked about how science and science fiction, the two, you know how science obviously plays a part in science fiction and then how science fiction some of the things that you see and you know in there like uh like star trek the original the original series how they had basically what like floppiness and they had cell phones phones in a way right so how those two things influence each other and make you know real reality happen so that was the first one the second one was um was a panel with someone from the the Lucasfilm, the story group, and and other women, and it was the forces female, and it was about women in Star Wars. Um, I have applied uh, myself and, and other NASA engineers or NASA uh, employees to for the current celebration in August. So we haven't heard back, but I don't know how that's going to go given everything that's going on right now. So, and that was uh, specifically NASA and Star Wars. So also, um, you know, the interesting connection here is um, Catherine Johnson mm-hmm. um, being a Louisiana native and such a, um, uh, I guess, what's the proper adjective for her? Icon. This pioneer and icon in, in NASA. Was she a role model to you growing up? Or did you, was her, because I'm guessing there are probably a lot of, a lot of people who didn't know her story until Hidden Figures comes out, you know, but mm-hmm. um, anyway. No, I didn't know. I didn't. That's why Hidden Figures, no. And and that's a shame, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> what she wow. did, look what they all did. And there's so many others. And we don't know these stories. And, and don't get me wrong, Apollo 13 was an amazing story and how that happened. And and I worked in mission control. My background was in that system. So basically if Apollo 13 had happened during the shuttle program, that would have been my system. So I, I get every part of that movie and I love it. And, and the story overall, but we know that story. 
And yep. so it's taking so much, you know, much longer for these other stories to come out. And they're just as, you know, they're just as amazing. I mean, how do you do that in your head? I don't know. You know, I still have to have an app to calculate tip. <laughs> it's embarrassing, but so. That's one of the that blows my mind no, yeah, in the Apollo 13 movie was, you know, they're in this, you know, they're in this emergency, you know, situation and they're having to do these calculations with slide rules i know i know yeah it's, it's, it's just uh, yeah uh, it's i know it's crazy um i know earlier we talked about some other what are the tie-ins between nasa and star wars and did you know that we have an actual planet named tatooine it's real it's george lucas gave his consent there is an extra solar planet uh it has two suns <laughs> and we call it tatooine and right we've on. also discovered using the Kepler mission, um, Hoth-like planets, Camino planets, and uh, Mustafar. So that's, yeah, that's another thing. And also George Lucas visited Kennedy Space Center before he, he started Star Wars. And the concept of the Jawa crawler is actually the MLP or the mobile launch platform that they would bring the Saturn V to the, mm -hmm. to the uh, launch pad. Uh, it's that it's that vehicle. If you look at the wheels, they're very oddly shaped, but turned mm -hmm. upside down, turned over. So, yes, he yeah, won't. There's... Yet he won't let Old Miss use Al Akbar as their <laughs> mascot. It it is funny because it's like, uh, yeah, strange things. I don't know if that's up to him or not, or if they have a legal team or what. But I think there was an acronym once, which we have a ton of. Star Wars acronyms. We have Leia, we have Vader, we have Jedi, we have, um, oh gosh, there's just so many. We have Yoda, we have, and, and there was one, I think, uh, R2-D2 maybe, and like they, there was like a fuss and then it was like, no, we're not asking, can we just do it? And then it was like, okay, it kind of went away. So I don't know how much of that is just, they have a huge team of lawyers who just kind of jump up at all of this, or it's actually George Lucas, you know, sitting in a big chair, like, no, you may not. <laughs> so mm -hmm. <laughs> I guess at this point it would be Disney, but it's Chris um, Rock. I, I think George Lucas is going to sue somebody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I've never met him. So I can't say, but it's like special envoy to George Lucas to ask his permission. <laughs> right. To use right. All it's, of these things. it's a funny mental image, but I'm, yeah, I'm sure deep down he, Maybe he cares, but I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, so those are so. Oh, one other thing on STS 127 uh, shuttle mission, uh, Luke's lightsaber from Return of the Jedi actually flew on the space shuttle. So oh. that's another yeah. tie in. Yeah, so. That's very cool. Yeah, it really is. And it was it was on uh, display at Space Center Houston for a while. So you can go see it. And they had a big, like, the 501st came in, and there was this big ceremony, like, presenting the lightsaber, and it was very cool. It was really, really cool. It's not, not a, it, probably a little fancier than Chewbacca's with uh, Peter Mayhew's stock, right? Hey, I was his red shirt one year, <laughs> and that was awesome. <laughs> so this last celebration, um, I also got, I don't know, so in New Orleans, have you ever been to Finn McCool's? Yeah. I used to live three blocks from Finn McCool, so oh. I used to walk there on a regular basis. Yes. <laughs> well, you, you probably bumped into Fredo then. Uh, but anyway, no, I did. Uh, if you were there on a weekend at six in the morning, that, that was it. Okay, yeah. okay. 
a, a, a picture of Chewbacca holding a Guinness. Uh-huh. And, and I was like, uh-huh. oh, my God, I want that. So I went online and I found the, the artist who did it. And so I got this print of, you know, Chewbacca with a Guinness. And uh, at Celebration, I had Jonas Swatomo and um, Peter Mayhew both autograph that. Uh-huh. Um, and it was actually, it was three weeks before Peter yeah, died. I was going to say but, yes. Yeah. But we had a very meaningful action because a friend of mine in the 501st it was friends with Peter Mayhew. And uh, Garrett lives here in New Orleans. Uh-huh. And he said he held and looked through Peter's uh, um, episode four script. And, but anyway, so in Peter Mayhew is... Wow. I painting, I said, well, we have a New Orleans and Gary bro just looked up and he just smiled and he goes, just like kind of a sigh and goes, yes, do. And, um, so that was my interaction with him and I shared with Gary and then of course, you know, weeks later he's gone and it's, yeah. so, but, um, but yeah, so it's in my hallway here signed by both of them. So wow. that's, uh, that's one of my favorite things to have. But. Yeah, that absolutely. Yeah. I have a picture with him, but um, not an autograph. So, yeah, from when I was registering, <laughs> he was he was great. He was great. Just the nicest. It must guy. have been an ex- there must have been an experience because people yeah. recognize them. I mean, it's impossible not to recognize Peter Mayer just from his size. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, it was funny because it was during the parade, and he was like, "I need more beads. Get me more beads." And so it was like, "We're like, we need beads. We need beads." You know, just because he kept, I guess he would run out. He'd throw up so many beads, and so he would like run out, need more. So we'd have, we'd have to find more beads. <laughs> he was great. Well, right on. Well, cool. Well, that man, thank you for for joining us, Holly. And it was wonderful. Yeah, to thanks hear for having me. Story. I hope you'll come back again sometime. Just I would love to. I feel like I don't have to, anything else to offer, but. <laughs> that's that's i mean I that's like my story so. no thanks but yeah no i i would love to um yeah we just meet one week and you know talk about whatever star wars is going on so, that um, sounds amazing especially during these times but. and you don't have to worry about being you know we man i've said enough controversial things on here so uh, <sighs> who hasn't said something <laughs> controversial i mean at this point right, anything <laughs> Anything you say in relation to Star Wars is controversial now. <laughs> Somebody's going to get upset about something, just the way it is. Yeah. Don't at me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so. In, anybody got uh, big plans for the, the weekend in your quarantine? Or you... uh, besides watching the, Skywalker, the, spe- the documentary in the Rise of Skywalker Blu-ray? <laughs> no. Nice. It's a good documentary. It was good. I will say oh. that. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh, sorry. Fredo. No, Fredo, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, did you see that apparently Lego's going to come out with a 501st Legion clone trooper set? Oh, my God. Oh, really? Yep. <laughs> there was there was one time somebody was doing I didn't get in on it. I, was, I mean, I missed the somebody was making custom stormtroopers um, and they would like make the head close to whatever your likeness is and it would it'd be a 501st stormtrooper and um yeah i was i missed out on having my own custom figure there but um no my favorite favorite joke lego set i ever saw was um alderaan and it was just like a gazillion just pieces of like green just <laughs> just laying there <laughs> 
So I've seen that. Oh. R.I.P. Dave, what are you guys? What are you guys doing this week? Anything? Because you uh, guys yeah. just keep saying. Well, we got Rise of Skywalker because uh, we got the Blu-ray as well, so we're going to be diving into that. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to have to dive into the next Star Wars book. That's the one thing about the the quarantine that's been good for me is I, uh, I've had an excuse to dive into Star Wars novels. So uh, I'll probably cool. pick a pick another one and dive into that. And Holly, are you guys on a stay-at-home mandate? We in are Texas? in uh, in not statewide, which don't okay. Um, but where I live, uh, I'm actually in Galveston County, which is just south of Houston. But I'm very close to Harris County, which is Houston, like a couple miles. Um, those are those both of those counties are stay-at-home, so that's good. Um, so yeah, we countywide yes, we have to stay at home, but statewide no, which is absolutely ridiculous. It's... So you're going to be doing anything to keep yourself sane? Anything fun this weekend? <sighs> Same thing I do every day, Pinky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, just not working. But no, yeah, maybe get some more reading in. That'd be great. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe some exercise. Maybe try to go outside a little bit. I, I don't know. We don't really plan, I guess, at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. It's all yeah. good. Um, kind of have to yeah. roll with it. Yeah, I know. I know. We've, we finished Tiger King, so what else is there, really? <laughs> yeah, honestly. If we all, we all, the nation must know more that they don't have any more Tiger King to watch. I, I, I guess this is going to be like, like I didn't see The Hangover for six years. I probably won't watch Tiger King for like... Oh, come uh, on! Oh, you should. You should. You it's, have to. So it's actually, that. actually, my wife and I are slow. We're, we got to get finished up on uh, the Dark Crystal on Netflix. We haven't oh, we hadn't yeah. watched that yet, so that's been kind of fun. So, all right, well, cool. Well, again, thanks a for joining us. Recommended and, that. Right thanks on. for having me. Yeah, yeah, and that's been great. Thank you to everybody who's been listening to the Who Dat Jedi podcast. Oh, and by the way, to everybody, the uh, Monday night NFL Network is showing the Dome Coming game with you know Steve Gleason's punt block and everything like that that is Monday night so be watching be watching that uh, if you're looking for some good football stuff mm -hmm. um, but with that we'll say who dat who dat who dat and uh, who dat catch us, oh by the way you can catch us on uh, uh, Apple Podcasts and on um Google Play, right? And uh, or whatever they call it, and Podbean. So and then follow us on Facebook and Twitter. So cool. Alright. Till then, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.